This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we are live on our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch channels with Standpoint to the Sun. And we're glad to have you on the, uh, the program today. It's, it's cool to have be talking to you from Scotland, right? Uh, it's Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Oh, I sorry. <laughs> I always screw it up. But, like, you know, near you, whatever. <laughs> I got it wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's like we've been podcasting since 2018. We talked to bands all over the world, and um, it's pretty cool to to be able to do this within modern technology. One of the things we want to be able to do, and we're going to do in a second, is we're actually going to introduce the world to your band by playing one of your videos, and then we're going to talk about all the questions we sent you and stuff. But we like to introduce the audience to your music at the beginning, so they get an idea of who you are. So we're going to actually cue that up. You can see we're going to be going to your song, Standboy, well, to your band, band of Standboy to the Sun. Song is Forced and Obey. It's off your YouTube. We've got a little hyperlink down there. It's not clickable, but people can figure out where it is. And we're getting ready to go play it. And then we'll put you on mute and then we'll come back. Okay. No problem. No problem. All right.
So that's Sandpoint to the Sun and Force to Obey, and we're back together again. And uh, yeah, that's a cool sound. You kind of have reminded me of like Alice and Change a little bit. Thank you, thank you. Is, is that kind of like the kind of sound you're going for? Uh, um, very grungy. Um, yeah, Seattle sub pop. Yeah, you know, do something different than what everybody else is doing. Yeah, because today, you know, we're in the age of like the non-rock band, you know, like it's band, in, band in a box. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah I, like I, I even like, you know, I'm an electronic musician and sometimes people get me confused with DJs. Yeah. And if everybody oh, sees, you know, behind me, I've got all my mugs. And I, I, I have tons of mugs and it's like, that's not a, that's not a box. No, <laughs> that's, that's a board. One of the better boards you can have. Um, so, so like what's cool is like that you guys are still kind of doing what I, I grew up on like Zeppelin, you know, I grew up on like listening to Allman Brothers, you know, being really heavy into Hendrix and Eric Clapton and then, you know, getting into maybe bands like a Ramones or Replacements or like, you know, Joy Division, you know, you know, people like that, maybe Depeche Mode, so I'm a keyboardist, right? So I, I, when the new wave happened, you know, I like Bowie, I like Ziggy. I like all that stuff. Like anybody's doing something cool, that's cool. But um, those are know, all my bands. I love all yeah, them bands. It's like these kind of guys, like you know, kind of phoning it in, jumping it up and down on a CDJ. It's like I'm not into that. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's cool about you guys? So you guys, I don't know how to say your town. Is it Dung uh, Dungannon? Yeah, that's it. And that's Ty, it. Ty, Dungannon. Ty, Tyrone. Is it Tyrone? Tyrone. 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 Yes, yeah. yeah, so I don't know your your country. I don't know, know how to like not mess it up. <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. I, I'm I'm representing as well as you can see uh, here. Dungannon yeah, yeah. United Youth Football Club. You know, That's give, out, cool. give back to the youth. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, you guys are into that football. It's not our football. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> our football is kind of crazy. Everybody's like just flopping their heads. Yeah, um, that's true. But uh, like, so your debut album was Wicked Beast. It was released in the summer of 2019. Wasn't yeah. yeah, so you took like two years to do that. Right now, you're in the middle of working on like a brand new album called Silent Echo, right? Oh, uh, it's already finished. Oh, cool. So it's done. Yeah, um, we're just waiting so for it to come back. We're just waiting for. Are we waiting to be able to tour to put it out? Uh, we'd love, we'd love to sort out a tour. Uh, depending on what the circumstances, of course, with this COVID and, mm -hmm. but we're ready to rock. You know what I mean? We'll get yeah. tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Eager. I mean, I, I, you know, because I can't, you know, gig in the U.S. right now, not, but sometimes people are doing it in some places, but I've got like this online festival that I'm doing in 20, uh, in July That's for like deadly. three days with like all the guests that have been on the program um, since um, 2016. Well, not all of them. We got maybe 20 of 60 guests. Uh, we're going to go like on July 16, 17, 18. And we yeah. still got spots. So if you guys could could play, we, you know, we we will talk to you about that after. But the whole thing was was that you, we have to have the have you on the show first, and then we'll talk. To you. But um, <laughs> that's yeah. cool. So so yeah yeah. So we've trying we're trying to help people out because you know like I used to go to New York in 2016 2017 and and play you know because live music you know is like bands like you guys you know is kind of what where it's at. I want to see a band with a drummer 
and a bass player and a guitar player or a keyboard so i want to see them like jam out because that's what i want you know big time that's, I, like i said i grew up go, going to see like i saw the almond i saw the who you know no way and, you saw the who um, oh yeah i saw the who bunch of times i saw who when entwistle was still alive kenny jones was on the drums uh they were doing like uh quadrophenia all the way through get out and um it's amazing it was amazing. I saw them like at Patriot Stadium in Massachusetts. Uh, the Patri- New England Patriots, they played in that big stadium. And as soon as I got there, they were running through Tommy and they were jamming out. And then they went into like Quadrophenia. And I was like, I was like totally in heaven. You lucky like, man. Wow. Yeah, I'm totally. I, under- I totally. I wish I had been able to see him with Moon because Moon, oh. Moon the Loon, you know, Moon's the best, yeah. you know, like lead drummer, you know, the lead drummer. But <laughs> he was mad, but he was the best. La. Oh, he was the best. But yeah, let me get into like your whole band. Like I start from the beginning. Okay. Uh, when when did you first get into music? At what age? You know, you you want to talk about like how you got into it. Okay, so uh, when I was uh, eight years old, got into Elvis Presley. So that was me into Elvis, and then uh, my granddad was uh, really big into Queen and Status Quo. Cool. So I just listened to all them, and then uh, I used because I'm originally from Wales. So mm-hmm. when we came over to Northern Ireland, I got in with a couple of the, could say, rocker, grunger dudes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when my love for like uh, Guns N' Roses, Led Zeppelin, uh, the Ramones, the Clash, uh, Roxy oh, Music, the Pesh Mode. My God, um, literally my whole library is full of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Name, naming them all, I just, it just blew my mind. And then it was like, I was only 13. I mm-hmm. never sang. I've never had a singing lesson. Mm-hmm. Didn't know how to play guitar. Uh, that's when I met the drummer, Mick. I think you've already met. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we started a band called Feedbacks. And cool. uh, we went a whole year just practicing. And then we did a gig around when we were like 14, 15 in this place called The Fort. And we did mm-hmm. White Stripes, um, Seven Nation Army, and the Subways song. I can't, I can't remember what song it was, but um, it was pretty awesome. And it was good to... Well, Good yeah, I think, that's, I think that's really cool because, you know, a lot of people, you know, when I, my generation, you know, I'm at 53, everybody started because of the Beatles, right? Everybody's like, oh, the Beatles, like, I got to do it, make a band because, like, now I see what you can do, right? Yeah. And then it's like, you know, by the time I was in my a teenager, like, what happened was that like, you had all these progressive rock bands like like Pink Floyd and, and, and you know, Zeppelin and stuff, we started getting into synths and stuff. And then you have this rebellion where you had like the clash and the sex Pistols, and then i was like that's cool because i like the punk aesthetic like when i started to learn to play i actually was like mirroring the clash and joy division and the ramones and like all these like uh all these bands in new york at cbgb's you always go through that phase yeah because i was into lou reed like i kind of got into the velvet underground and i like was listening to like white light white heat and i was listening to like the first album and i was like that's really cool to have like have this poet he's not dylan but he doesn't care and he's just saying whatever he wants to say he's not talking about love songs he's talking about like down and dirty in new york yeah real and life like, yeah. yeah i was like that's that's phenomenal and that's like that's that got me into it i was like playing like heroin and waiting for the man and all this stuff oh, and uh um, routines Love yeah i was just like i think it's cool that you guys like it's great for people to get into music that don't know how to play I think it brings a better energy because you're passionate about it because you want to do it, right? You you just love it so much. You're a fan 
and then you're like, boom, I want to do it. That's so, so true. Yeah, so it's let like me the, get into it's it. like the Tom Petty song, uh, running, uh, running after a dream. Oh yeah, I mean, you're always running for it. Totally. I mean, because you guys been working on the music right when you guys got excited by it, right? So you you were into all these bands, and then right. you decided to pick up the instruments to do it yourself. So how long has it been that you've been working on music? Would have been a good 13, 13 years, 14 years. Yeah, 14. When, so when did you actually decide that you want to write your own song? Like, because there are people who, like, become cover bands or they go and they become studio musicians. Um, when did you try to say, like, I want to write my own song? Was like right from the beginning or did you, did you kind of, you know, transition into that after you kind of did, like, the bar bands and stuff? Uh, well, when I started and we started, we tried to write some original songs, but our original songs, we actually recorded one song, but it was a very Pearl Jam ripoff song. Mm -hmm. It was about, it was really bad. It was so bad. It near made us quit, but we were just like, <laughs> sure, we'll just keep on going. You know, sadly that band did end because of that song. So, uh, but then we came back and, um, would have been when I was 21. So we took maybe a good six, seven years ago. We came back and we started Standpoint to the Sun. And that was, you know, that was just me and the guitar player at the time, Garrett Donahue, we called the G. Uh, we ended up getting a Tascam, a DP24 multi-track recorder. Awesome. And all, oh, lethal. I, I, I recommend that to anybody. I started off with a, like a, like a four-track yes, in like no 1979. Man. Holy, sh oh, because, wow. Because like, I, I just like, you know, there was no DAW back then, so you had to have a Fostex or a Tascam or a, a four or eight. And even to this day, I use hardware recorders. I don't use DAWs. No because way. Because I, I, everything I do goes into like Zoom R24s Lethal. Tascam 20s. And because I just like being able to do stuff right at the instrument. Yeah. You oh, know? they're so good. I would definitely recommend if anybody wants to start writing their own songs and recording, oh, yeah. get a Tascam get a task yeah, it's just like the best thing and now like your band band name can you explain like where did you did you get that from like a book or is that what where, where did you get the idea for the for the band name um so funny enough we were in my bedroom uh me and the guitar player and uh we were just throwing around band names mind you we weren't we were you know smoking up a bit this was back <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and i know we smoking a lot I, i'm in the pink floyd i mean i know <laughs> yes. uh, so uh, I kind of came up with the name Standpoint the Sun because we were in a band called Dodging Scarlet mm -hmm. and I liked the name Scarlet so I wanted something with an S mm -hmm. so it just kind of came like out of nowhere like that just weird how it just came Standpoint the it Sun seems like it's like a science fiction type of reference it just sounds like it came from like Isaac Asimov or Ray Bradbury it has this kind of like 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 uh, you know Got that kind of like Twilight Zone, Rod Serling kind of feel. It's it really uh, it hits you the the name like it's a it's a it's a pro, just a, it's such a good name like it was yeah. just uh, off the cuff. You use like, that for a science fiction story. Somebody's gonna want to grab it from you. I I, I I wouldn't be surprised. Like we'll take a bit of money. Like <laughs> yeah, that's a great name. Like like like, like can get all these ideas like Dune and like yeah. you know two thousand one. Or like yeah. some kind of like Star Trek thing, You're like I can like boom, I like it just seems like like oh yeah, it's cool as hell. Um, so, so then you guys, it was two of you, yeah. And then how did you get the rest of the band? See the the bass player, um, Cripster, he was already in the band with us 
um, after feedbacks. So we knew him growing up and he'd already been playing the bass. So we just thought, hey, mate, are you interested? He was in a band at the time called Hydrogen Jukebox. So luckily he wasn't too, uh, too difficult to recruit. And then that's when we got the, the drummer, Mick, um, Mickey Sheehan. And he's literally, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that man in terms of his recording setup. He's the, he's the, the mastermind behind all our sound, really. Oh, that, so he's you know, like the recording engineer? Yeah, completely. Like, like that's how you get your things done? Literally, he's not only the drummer, he's the guitar player, the extra guitar player, the keyboardist. You know, uh, yeah. you can't speak highly so about that. He's kind of like your fifth Beatle. Yeah, oh, completely. Like your George Martin. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's him. Like, that's definitely him. But no, that's we wouldn't cool. be here, you know, if it wasn't for him and his passion. Like, because he every band should have that because then you don't have to like pay the studio all the money. <laughs> we've saved so much money. We are yeah. so lucky in that regard. Like, we've spent hardly nothing, you know. Well, it's funny because, like, the last year I've been talking to bands and bands have decided because of COVID in the US, like, they couldn't get to the studio. Yeah. So a lot of the bands is like, oh man, maybe I go I'll go find one of those task cams. You know, go find find you know learn how to use the DAW, and do uh, it. And they, they've been doubling down. I mean, I, I would say like fifty percent of the bands I talked to in the last year, have like you know I gotta learn how to do this. I gotta learn how to do, be be a little bit of a recording engineer. Which See, is the, like I want I want to keep my work going. <laughs> the funny thing about that, mate, is that uh, I actually was hoping a good. I was a good six years ago to hope to actually get into a music course to learn how to produce. Sadly, I, I wasn't even good enough to even sing myself onto the course. So I, there was no chance. I got completely rejected. But it's like one of them things, you know, you got to keep on going and try and prove people wrong. But I just like, I just was like, I was never a singer. I'm a keyboardist. And I just used to go to Guitar Center and beg the guys to let me buy stuff on payment plans. <laughs> That's it's like, it's like, I'm good for it, man. I got a job. I'll show you. Then it's like, then I, I would get like, I'll get a mixer board, get yeah. a oh. pedals. I just bought it over time, you know, since I was 17. I like, took amazing. all my money and just bought gear. And, you I, know, and I just said, and I just learned how to use it because I was like, okay, if I own it, I can figure it out. That's true. <laughs> That's true, mate. That's so true. And literally, your passion shown through to get that done. You know what I mean? It hasn't takes a lot of will to even go up there and even push for it. Like, you know, oh yeah. Back then phenomenal. they didn't have like, you know, just uh, like all these sweet water and, you know, it was like 78, 79. So you, you come in, you see these profits, you see the less calls, you see all this stuff. And it's like, you know, thousand dollars, $2,000, $500. And I was like, well, how am I going to get that? <laughs> and then I just said, Hey man, you, you know, I'm coming in here every day. You gonna help me out? <laughs> and the guy was like, he, he, he had pity on me, and he was like, "Okay, I, you better be good for it. I know where you live." And he actually lived in my neighborhood, so he's like, "You know, he knew I was into it." But <laughs> legend, legend. But uh, yeah, so you guys, you talked about your influences. That you were like Guns N' Roses, like grunge. You said the Depeche Mode. You know, you like rock. You know everything. So I kind of what's cool. Is you've got that kind of alternative. What I like about grunge is it's not just like Kurt Cobain, right? If you think about what happened with grunge, you got bands like Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, right? You got bands like Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, Smashing Pumpkins is more like like Yes. That's true. You know, or more like Rush. You know, he's like so. The cool thing about grunge was that there was like a little bit of progressive rock in grunge, so you didn't just have to be punk. You didn't have to be like just the Ramones. 
you could put psychedelic into it. You could put, you know, exactly. progressive rock. So do you guys like, you, you like the idea of like in, uh, being an alternative rock band because it gives you like a wider berth. You're not just like heavy metal. You can go like in different directions. You've hit it right on the head. Like going under the genre of alternative rock means that we can cover the vast majority of different kind of sounds and music, which is, it's helped us a lot because if you listen to the first album compared to the EPs that we released, because mm -hmm. we released during, um, I would have been at the beginning of uh, lockdown. We released um, Tokyo Dreams, which was very melodic and kind of depressing. Yeah, yeah. And then recently we released Fallen Moon, which was very kind of hard rocking, kind of U2, maybe. You yeah, say. yeah. And then now this new album is more of we kind of want to smash things and bust these bust the establishment i got you know. a question because you're from like youtube you know not exactly where they're from but does everybody close. think that like all the irish fans should play no like youtube songs <laughs> if you go on nights out you know a lot of people do want youtube covers you know yeah. they'll they'll want desire or something you know what i mean or yeah and i'm wondering how much pressure you guys get to have to know their song <laughs> i would happily do desire i love that song or, uh, you know, some people like today, some of them are kind of like very anti U2. I love, I mean, I grew up liking, I mean, I love Boy, I love Same. War, I love the Brian Eno, like Unforgettable Fire legend. Oh, because nice. I'm, I'm an Eno guy, I was into his Bowie stuff, right? And and I, I just like the idea that like, you go up on a chalkboard and like throw chords up on a chalkboard and kind of fuck with the studio musicians. Yeah. And like, you guys, like, you need to like think out the box, it's like. We're gonna we're gonna do like discordant stuff, and and the studio musician is like, what? It's like no. It's like it's like what are you doing? They're putting all these things together are totally discordant. It's like I have the big picture. I know what it's gonna be, right? And they, <laughs> you gotta like trust a guy like that because he's like he's like oh, thinking do. like like way ahead of where where you should be. He's already pre-planned it, like you know what I mean. Just follow him, follow his instructions. Yeah, actually, take any any album he does, right? It doesn't sound like. Anything in anybody's catalog. Unforgettable Fire doesn't sound like anything else in YouTube's catalog. Exactly. Exactly. Totally He's a genius. He did, yeah, he didn't. He didn't like wreck the band. He just gave him, but he did. He did it to Dylan. I mean, he he went and did something with Dylan, and it doesn't sound like anything Dylan ever did. And I was like, that's wow, true. that's freaking crazy. He's like, he just adds to any artist he touches. But um, yeah, it's like this this cool to to be in this kind of zone. I think today where you can bring in. Like everything that rock, so you know, you talk about Elvis, right? Elvis kind of got you into it, yeah. right? And then you got into like the Guns N' Roses and the kind of punk, and everybody like learned from the Beatle chords, you know, That's the true. idea that you can be a little bit more expansive in your choice of what you do. Um, but it's like, yeah, I think today, you know, some people, one thing I don't like is they get like narrow, right? And then they say, you're only heavy metal. Yeah. Like, you're only runs you're not you're like you can't do anything else like if you wanted to have some edm dj do a song with you or if you want some hip-hop guy to kind of come on or some guy sound so like true. johnny cash do something with you no no you can't do that you're crossing lanes you know yeah, that's so true you're completely uh pigeonholed as that kind of band you know it's terrible yeah. in my opinion i just think yeah to be able to know that you guys just talked about like you had so many different colors in your album sounds you know, and maybe do you find the like like managers don't know how to book you, don't know how to pitch where you're gonna go when you do that? Do you get run into a problem? 
that's exactly it. Like, nobody knows how to manage us. That's all, yeah. that's my opinion anyway. Yeah, yeah, we're probably too crazy. Like you know. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> you know, don't want to see us behind this. You know what I mean? You have the, like the replacement problem, like where you're just too hard to handle because you can't, you can't like, you can't get to the gig without falling apart. <laughs> that's my life. That's my life, mate. You know what I mean? Uh, we are we are known for smashing up stuff, smashing up arenas. Oh, like like places. Or, like being like moon moon in 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 the Holiday Inn in '75. <laughs> That's my life. I, you know, like, take that car and put it in in in, in into the pool. Put the rolls into the pool. <laughs> well, maybe put the Yugo into the pool. But you know, but, uh, create but, uh, the legacy, man. You know what I mean? You yeah. gotta be a legend, like. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's like crazy because like I have to run into so many kids that say they're a musician, and I said, "What's the what's the deal?" And they like they they show me their SD card. I'm like, that's being in a musician? <laughs> really? No. Like you show me your SD cards. Like, I'm showing you my freaking Hammond B- B3. Like, what, what's the deal? Oh, um, my God. But, um, yeah, not to put them down. But I mean, I, I know everybody doesn't have room for a big board or to have a less Paul or have a Marshall stack, you know, to yeah. do what you need to do. Um, so or, true. You know, but, but to me, it's like, it's part of the sacrifice of being a yeah. musician. It's like you take that time, you buy that Les Paul, you buy the Fender, you buy a Rickenbacker, right? You get your your, your amp, you do this stuff. I, mean, I started off being like a punk band. You know? Lethal. Oh, that's and, amazing. And it's like then I got into keyboards because like I saw I saw Joy Division. Yes. And uh, and, and I'm like Ian Curtis. I was like that is freaking awesome. I just like I just like his kind of deadpan kind of kind of weirdness. He was like the his dancing new... is amazing as well. Yeah, he's he like the first new wave guy, and he had this kind of like, man, like that. That's so. That's, I just got so into that, and I was so disappointed when he like. I I saw I saw I I heard them before he died, no and way. I was so psyched that they were coming to the U.S. And oh, it's like then I heard that you know he died, and it just freaked me out. But then New oh, Order was cool. I like New Order, yeah. but there's something about Joy Division. They had a punk edge. Oh, they had. Just yeah. an image and the sound was just yeah so oh off the yeah, chart. It was phenomenal. I still listen to those albums, two albums, but two records. Same. I listen all the time because like a lot of what I do is coming from that zone. You know that's amazing. But um, so you guys, so you got this new album, and I kind of want to know like where where are you where where are you, where are you headed on the new record? How much can you tell me about what you're doing? Of course. Um. So um. Back in February, uh, sadly, my nan passed away. Um, so I was in a bit of a dark place. So on the record, to be, an on- to be honest with you, it's possibly the darkest album we've made in terms of lyrics. Um, and I don't mean to offend anybody by any of the words that I'm saying. My kind of lyric writing process is a bit strange where I won't pre-plan and write lyrics the days or weeks before. It's yeah. more, I like the kind of um, feel of it being in the moment. Yeah, so, consciousness. Yeah, yeah. consciousness is like my style all the way. <laughs> yes, mate. It's like amazing. Everything, everything the ghost does pretty much is like second, third take from a stream of consciousness thing. Yes. That's pretty yeah. much what I do. I go back and listen to what I did and I pick out was, okay, I'll do that. And it's like, you know, I have to transcribe what I do. I, you know, when a record company wants, when the BMI wants my stuff, 
then I got to go back and listen to it and type it because like I didn't write it down. It's all, you know, I have it's to go amazing. back. Well, to me, it's like I grew up, you know, listen, watching, you know, all these documentaries on, on the Beatles and Pink Same. Floyd. And it's like, you know, when the guys did it like that, that's what they did. They, exactly. Maybe they had like Mick Jagger would write something down once in a while. But a lot of times it's like, like Dwayne Allman and Allman Brothers, that's all feel. A lot it's, of that oh, exactly. totally, totally feel. I mean, and you really get into like the blues guys, like, you know, like the Lead Belly and, you know, uh, all, all the great Robert Johnson. That's all total feel. I mean, blues is, to- I mean, like, you know, you get the guy like Stevie Ray Vaughan that, got, that figured it out. Texas blues. Those guys, man, they don't write nothing down. Everything's like feel. That's what it is. Yeah, Going to New Orleans, everything, that's, it's all feel. It's it's motivational as well, you know what I mean? Like if you hear that, you're like, wow, anybody can make it, you know, and make music. Yeah, because like, like you think about most African Americans, they couldn't read G music, right? All true. the blues guys, they couldn't they couldn't sight read, they didn't write it down, they just they put it on tape, and it, and it, and it, it's legit. I mean, you check check all the jazz guys, you know, check all the great blues guys, all all the great R and B guys, <clears throat> all of it is real. I mean, even the Motown stuff, a lot of it's all feel. Exactly. It's some of the best stuff you ever heard. Is they're not technically maybe they didn't they didn't learn at some like big stodgy place, but you know I mean look at Hendrix. Hendrix couldn't sight read. It's all feel. <laughs> and he's a genius. You know, I mean one of the best. One yeah. of the best. Yeah. So I mean I always tell tell people like really like what about Hendrix? <laughs> they go oh okay oh yeah you forgot about that. But um. <laughs> So yeah, let me so so the, the new album is is kind of that darkness, and you you do a stream of consciousness. What I'm totally down in for that. Yes, um, I love that. Um, because I think what I, what I like about it is authentic. Exactly. It's kind of like like if you think about like why did people like Nirvana? Why did people like sub pop artists right from Seattle? Because they had been this kind of manufactured heavy metal and MTV age that came out of the new wave. And then, you know, the corporate rock people got in and they started like controlling things and exactly. it got contrived. And, and, and what, what Kurt brought was like that raw honesty of a guy that said, I don't give a F. I'm just going to do what I feel, what's inside me. And it just made people feel like, wow, rock, you can believe in it again. Exactly. That's where we're coming from with this. It was complete. We don't really care what people think about us and let's just have fun. You know we're not going to be around forever, so let's just give it one last shot and yeah, whatever I happens that, happens. That energy is exactly what rock needs. I mean, we need more of what you're doing than the Thank contrived, you, you know, um, backing vocal, like running like a PC to to have a rock band that has to have a PC to go on stage. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I was like, you got to have a PC to go on stage. What's up? What's up with that? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I understand that people like that, but I, I, my whole thing is like, why can't you just play it free? You know, it's, it's a mad time, but you're so right though. It's be free, be, be original, you know? Yeah. Well, you don't want to get locked in. Like how fun is it every night to have to play to the backing track? I know. I know. I've, I've done it back in the day and it's not, it's not for me. Mind numbing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it is it really is it's depressing like very depressing yeah, i don't well. know how you can have fun doing that you know i know you could get paid doing that 
but it's, yeah. it's not always about the money, but I know I, I do see where people do come from and, you know, I couldn't do it. Don't yeah. want to sell out like that. No, because the old school was like, you had to know it like a James Brown band, right? I mean, yeah. You, yeah. you had to know it like Funkadelic. <sighs> I mean, you had to know it like the Almonds. They know it because they, they live it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Those <laughs> are the know? times that, those are the role models, you know what I mean? And yeah, that's like the thing dead. with music now. Yeah, you so. think about the dead. They used to do six-hour concerts like in Asbury Park, I mean, out, out, out in, in San Francisco. They go six hours. Just, just jamming. They, they didn't care. You know, thirty-minute song. You know, they just, just blew it out because that's, that's what it was. You know, I kind of grew up with that aesthetic, of the hippie kind of thing. It's like, just go out there and jam, but to jam for the people. You know, you just do. That's true. That's true. Why We've not? lost that now. I think. We've definitely. Yeah. Lost well, that. everybody wants to go and do something that's like a thing I don't like. Well, I understand. Punk music can have a two-minute song. Like the Ramones have two-minute songs. That's true. What I don't like is kind of this modern "What's that doggy in a window?" stuff going on today, with 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 these songs. They're kind of nonsensical, and it's nobody can do anything more than two and a half minutes. And it's like, like, why can't you have something like your five minute song? Right? That is yeah. like, there's so many people who say, "Oh, you can't go over four minutes." Yeah, like, we've been told that. Yeah. All my ghost stuff. So my stuff's like nine, twelve, fifteen minutes. <laughs> yes you know i'm, I'm i like i like genesis like the peter oh. gabriel genesis you know the, the lamb lies down on broadway genesis you know that, <laughs> that not not the not not the like uh we can't dance that we can't dance genesis. I'm, I'm more into like peter gabriel wearing all his costumes and yes, doing all this crazy crazy shit you know <laughs> that's, that's i get down with that my man like that was when i was younger watching his like the documentary on genesis wow yeah he was amazing like yeah, well, well, you think about it when they had the full band, you know, with all with the, all five of them, right? And they had the, you know, the, not the three of them, but like you had Gabriel and you had the guitar player. I always forget his name. He's brilliant. And you had all this, all these rock operas, all this yeah, crazy science fiction stuff that Peter Gabriel was famous for. And it's just like his aesthetic was, you know, he's mixing all this science fiction with like this, like English literature and, and a lot of things that are like very... Uh, like into like stuff that's going on in London or oh, stuff that's going on in Europe that you would have to kind of know a little bit about yeah. to understand. Kind of like Ray Davies from the Kinks. Like, yes, he was mate. really into making things that are very English. Right. So you, you kind of have to know what he's talking about to understand the references. But it's mm -hmm. like, I like music. And I'm, I'm an American black guy, but I love Ray Davies. I like what, what, what Peter Gabriel was doing because I like music. And if somebody like does something kick ass, I don't care. I don't yeah. care where it is, you know. <laughs> Same here, man. Same here. Same yeah. here. Yeah, because so so you guys so, so when you have your managers and stuff, you you have to kind of be more creative than them to figure out what how to get your stuff out. Exactly. Like to be honest, like uh we're practically our own managers. We don't yeah, have yeah. a manager. Which is yeah. it's good, but at the same time, it's it's difficult because you got to put so much work in in terms of your own promotion and there's so much. Well, you know, right yourself, it's it's not easy, especially if you're trying to do it on a small budget, like yeah. middle middle school budget, like you know. But uh, hopefully, it's more of the hard work you put in. Hopefully, we'll see a return and maybe get some opportunities down the line. Yeah, well, we we, we want to let you guys, you know, if you guys can can do a web type of performance. 
we will definitely invite you to our festival. You know, we've got we've, <laughs> oh, we're playing now. from the July 16th to the 18th. The 16th, like a Friday night, so that's kind of booked up. But the 17th and the 18th, we still have like morning, um, like time. We still have like some. We'll talk about it after. But but yeah, I mean, we would love, and we've got different options because you know some bands that can't get it together right so like if you guys put a video of you guys playing yeah some of our bands are sending us mp4s of a performance like in a garage really okay. tight like 20 yeah. we, we if you do like a 30 minute performance that you jamming out and you film it and you give us the mpeg we can run that but if you want to do it live and you can give us a good audio and video we'll we'll run that live that's amazing. It depends yeah. on what you can do. So if you guys can get your feed from your soundboard into the web, like on this on this thing, like the way we're talking now, you can get a live feed of your band and your drums and everything coming through, then you guys can play. I wouldn't say no. I'm up for it. Let's get we'll, it sorted. Let's make it happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. So you guys are going to be on the Peg Festival on either the 17th or 18th of July. We're going to so give you a place to play, man. Thank you, sir. My whole thing is like, you know, everybody that's putting their heart into what they're doing should be heard and seen. Right. Yeah. And no, why I I'm talking to you because I, I believe in music, you know, and I think like the energy, I talk to bands, I talk like bands in Iceland, I talk to guys in Australia, guys in like France, like anywhere, like guys in freaking Tokyo. Because um, I don't really care. You know, exactly. if it's, even if it's in a different language, if I hear like a Japanese rock band kicking ass, then I'm gonna put them on the show. Get them on, because like, that's it. You know, I don't really care. It's like, exactly. It's like you can feel it in what they're doing. It's like cross language. You get no, a Russian true. rock band if they're kicking ass, they're kicking ass. You know, I yeah. don't really care. No. You're really right. <laughs> exactly. But, um, you feel it. You feel it. I mean, it's it's an energy and it goes through your body like a vibration and. It's magic. Like that's what music. It's phenomenal. Saves your yeah. life. Saves your yeah. life. Changes yeah, I mean, your mood. Like, I mean, I have to do my boring nine to five, right, um, or eight to four, whatever. Um, so I can buy my Moogs and yeah. I can buy my Rollins and I can buy all my gear, so I can do what I want to do. Um, true. But you know, like, I I live at like five o'clock and then I go and I go to my practice room and I play all my stuff, right? Or, or I go jam out and, and work with somebody. Because like, you know, that's that's what we gotta do. In, the, in this kind of indie world, people got their day gig and then they go do what they really wanna do. It's true, <laughs> Just, my mom. Like jam to music. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's It does take you away from um, the, the bore of everyday life. You know, even just picking up your instrument, making a song, you feel so in the moment compared to like me, I, I know rightly so with a nine to five and I've done a lot of coaching and a lot of jobs, car washes and you know, you could name it factory work yeah. and it's been depressing most of the time. Yeah. But soon you get I was home, an Uber. You know, I was an Uber. You're an Uber. But <laughs> Were then, you an Uber? <laughs> I was an Uber lift. I was doing both at the same time. Oh man. Um, and then I got hit, right? And then I was like, but I was also I'm an IT guy, so I'm a programmer, right? So I was I was Uber lifting because I wanted to buy more gear. So I was like doing my, 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 I was, I was crazy. I had like four jobs, right? So I'm doing my, my IT job. Then I go do Lyft and Uber and then I'm doing my, my music. So I'm doing like, and my podcasting. So I'm like doing all this because like, you know, 
I gotta get paid to get the gear so I can, I can do, this, do what I want to do. But um, that's yeah, inspirational I, I, as well. You know what I mean? It's inspirational. You know? Yeah. Well, now I got, I got, I couldn't do the do the Uber stuff no more because like it was too crazy in the U.S. with the COVID. You could, like you could drop. Um. So so I end up just doing like IT stuff, yeah. and then <clears throat> this podcast like took off during COVID because like all these bands were like, what are we gonna do? And then I I keep on finding guys to interview. Right, you're a hero, they, they hero. Want push out, you know, <laughs> they want you, push out their, their Spotify, you know, song, their singles. Everybody's trying to put out as many singles as they can. That's true. So that kind of goes toward, like, I think you guys, you guys are like an album oriented type of guys, right? You you guys want to do albums, but you have to do singles in this market, right? That's true. It's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah, you've hit it on the head. But we, but we want to do albums, but. Yeah. More, you know, the singles have to come last. So for the new record, are you guys gotten like a single strategy where you're gonna run a single like every month or every couple of weeks and then do the album, put the album out? We've released two singles uh so far, and we're gonna release another three to four, mm-hmm. potentially another three before releasing the ten song album. Yeah. But you know, that's included a potential collaboration as well that could potentially make it onto the album as well, depending. Oh, so you got an extra song that might pop on if you yeah. get the job done? Like yeah, maybe. who knows? Yeah, because that's, that's kind of like the way the world is. Because I see a lot of, one thing is like a couple of years ago when I first started in 2018, it was like all playlists, right? And then EPs started creeping back. That's true. People started yeah. doing EPs. So EPs are kind of back. People are, are, are want to at least give people something. And then albums have crept back of the because of the covid i think people actually have time now to think about listening to a full record yeah no i couldn't uh, say it better myself and i think it's like to me even being a child of the 70s you know i was the guy i go to, to strawberry record store at the mall and i go read rolling stone the night before and everything that's four stars or five stars i take all the extra money i got i buy all the four and five star records that rolling stone said that were there and I didn't care what genre. I was buying funk. I was buying rock. I was buying punk. I was buying whatever. And if it got four or five stars, because I did like college radio and stuff. <clears throat> so it was like, I wanted to listen to like everything so I could actually know what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, of course. You are rightly, you know, that's a, an amazing strategy as well. You know, you got to be in the know. and Yeah. It's like, like you got to, you, you know, you can't just listen to 30 seconds of people's work. And, and and say that you like it or not. To me, sure. I want I'll listen to the whole project because like I want to get more than one song because I want to see the, the the breadth of what the band can do. You know, that's, that's the way. Like that's what you got to do. Like, definitely, I completely agree with you. There. Like, like it's not it's not representative of a band. If you think about most bands, like one, they're one song. They're trying to get that one song because they think that's what people want. But me, I I like deeper tracks. And the artist I'm into, I always like the songs that weren't singles. You know, <laughs> that's, yeah, it that's makes me understand who they are. <laughs> yeah. No, you're bloody right. You're bloody right, my man. And that's like that's exactly the same with me. You know, say for example, there's a band I'm listening to, and I'll listen to their whole album, and it'll be probably the most unknown song that they've got hits me the most. And it's just yeah, it's a like gem. That's where they, you take the most risk. Risk is with the song you don't think is going to be the hit, and you can be more experimental. Yeah. And you can kind of be more as a writer. You you you'll do things 
that may be in the other thing you edit yourself right yeah. the single is always kind of like it's like edited to, to hit a certain demographic and it's like what you think everybody wants you know versus like what you really are it's not like when you see a band live right and you see you actually play like it's like then you really get the feel of a band that's then true. you know like damn these guys are like you know these guys are like the dead these guys are like kiss or they're like you get like you get the feel he's like what do they sound like well they're like the kiss or they're like the aerosmith or they're pulling like the class he's like you, you can get the feel and the energy you know but one song you're kind of like okay well yeah it's like you're going to the job interview and you're trying to fake the boss out you know <laughs> yeah, that's true that's true man. that's true <laughs> couldn't agree more like, there no it's so yeah. true so you guys uh when you play was like what's your what's your like favorite um track to play like when you're doing a project when you actually go play live like it's like like when you put your set list together what kind of drives like your set list uh the main song would probably be um off wicked beasts it would have probably been uh mellow minds that's the me. one you like to play the most that's the yeah. one you, you really feel hits it hits it that's that's the beat just gets me all you know pumped and uh ready to kind of you know give everything i got i like Love to that ask song. bands bands that because i like to understand like like if i listen to your catalog i want to get where your head's at like of course what you like to do you know yeah. fans like they'll want like maybe your biggest hit yeah but like the artist is like like what is the one you like to play <laughs> <laughs> it's true <sighs> It's like Kings of Leon back in the day, you know, always getting told to play Sex on Fire. And yeah, I think yeah. they ended up hating it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like I like I like it when bands are like obstinate and they're like, No, I'm not playing the big hit. I'm not doing well, maybe I'll play it like the last song. Yeah. The last <laughs> yeah. song. I'll be a total asshole. You know, like, yeah. I was, like they're yelling all night. You know, like, yeah, you want it, you want it. Like, what well, would this wait? Right at the end. Just wait for it. Stay here and wait for it. Uncle, walk off, then come on and do it. <laughs> yeah, and now we'll do it. Like, after you've been here for like 45 minutes, you didn't leave, now we'll do it. <laughs> it's a weird one because see your most favorite song or the most popular, you weirdly don't want to play it as much. I don't know. It's just strange. I think it ends up being where you end up wanting to phone it in. You know, I think what happens is like, like if you think about like, like think about Leonard Skinner and Freebird. Right? You think about like the Eagles and like Hotel California. How many times do they play that? right Ooh. like how how can they be excited about it yeah you know it's after a while like you can't be excited about it <clears throat> even like i go back and i listen to hendrix doing purple haze right <clears throat> and there was a point where hendrix stopped playing purple haze in his set because yeah. he's like i'm not doing it i just you know i'm not doing it and then he luckily for him he had you know such an awesome catalog by the time he got to like you know electric ladyland he didn't have to do it because he had something like Voodoo Child, and he had like all That's these freaking crazy songs off of Electric Lady, with these big long things, right? And then he's like, "Fuck them," you know? It's like it's like I'm gonna do, and he's Hendrix, he's like I can do what I want. <laughs> it's true, like yeah. And his music, oh, I remember back in the day, uh, Jimi Hendrix was one of them. I remember a mate of mine lent me his CD, and it just blew my mind. You know what I mean, every song was just took me to another place, and I wasn't even, you know. It tells you when you get a guy like he strings the guitar upside down because he's left-handed, 
you know, and then then he's using his thumb to hold chords and and it, he can do like chords and melodies and stuff at the same time because of the way he can do. And then he had this this really good ear for picking up like harmonics and picking up all kinds of strange, you know, be able to call up all kinds of sounds off that guitar on demand, like not be an accident. Yeah. But being able, yeah, being able to control the sound. Like, you know, as a synthesizer player, I looked at Hendrix, he's like one of the first like expansive kind of electronic artists because he's actually using all these effect pedals and stuff in the okay. way that a synthesizer player does. And so yeah. I always tell keyboard players, like, you got to listen to Hendrix because the stuff he's doing, like an electric lady, is like, there is stuff there that's like progressive rock. Oh, completely. You know, like, completely. Like, like Keith Emerson, you know, does, or, you know, great, like the guys from Genesis. There's stuff there that you had to, like, you got you to gotta pay attention to. Yeah. You're right. No, you're bloody right. Couldn't say it a bit better myself, because especially if, you know, if you're looking at the younger generation and you want to get them up behind a role model, Get them behind Jimi Hendrix, you know. Yeah, tell them that, man. The, the ability to write the lyrics. I mean, if you listen to Hendrix's lyrics, they're poetry. I mean, Castles made a sound amazing. Yeah, I mean his his lyrical content because you know he would he was enamored with Bob Dylan, right? Mm -hmm. He loved Dylan, so he's looking to like one of the best writers in rock, right? And so he's like one of the best guitar players in the world, and then he's looking at one of the best lyricists in the world, and he's trying to make his poetry be in the same zone so it's kind of like this aspiration and he knew he wasn't dylan but there are some times that his stuff approaches like maybe even being better than dylan in some cases um yeah. and so you're like you know just having the aspiration to try to do something at that level is really what's cool about hendrix like he is like he's trying to cross over so many things exactly. you know you know such a role model love the man so yeah, so I, I think like I tell kids like you know, because people are like like you know sometimes African Americans like why do you like rock? And it's like you don't know Chuck Berry, you don't know Little <laughs> Richard, you don't know Jimi Hendrix, oh my, you, you you don't know like uh, you don't know Bob Marley. What what, <sighs> what are you talking about? It's like black people who invented rock. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, so how could when you tell me like I'm trying to be something else? Like we freaking lead belly Robert Johnson. What are you? it's not selling out to play rock we create a rock yeah that's the truth mama that's the truth so so like i totally am into like all types of music because you think you shouldn't limit yourself no, but you uh, it's just cool to be able to jam out with anybody you know and i think what i like about the modern world is like i can talk to you in ireland right yeah and and then you know you guys can end up being on our concert um and and then what what i want to do with what this podcast is is we've had people come on right and huh. then they go back and watch an episode with some other band and then they huh. end up working together Lethal. that's amazing because that's what you want is like so i encourage anybody who watches this episode if they like your vibe and you guys are cool they should talk to you of course you know, network and connect yeah yeah because the whole idea is, is they create a, a community through the net of artists, Big you time. know, and then when you, you play on that concert, you're like, you're going to be able to see all these people who've been on my show and then they'll see you and then, you know, they'll see this episode. And, and I always you know, I encourage bands to cross collaborate with anybody thing you dig, you know, 
and just don't be scared to Instagram that person, you know, exactly. DM them and say, Hey, you know, I was on peg. You no, were on true. peg. I like what you're doing. Maybe we can do something. You got to do that. You know, you got to, you got to smash down walls, mate. Don't you? You got to do anything you can. Don't be afraid. That's, that's how you get on a stage, right? That's how you suddenly like, I'm a guesting on this person's project. They want my sound on theirs. You want to be on their, uh, come on mine. And, you know, you give each other opportunities. And, like, the labels are all kind of trying to control where everybody is. But if you kind of just kind of say, hey, I'm going to go and talk to as many people as I can or, or, or try to get my stuff out by, by just being, you know, kind of like the hippies. They, you yeah. know, they used to go to those big collective dead concerts for six hours and watch that band for six hours. I mean, they had the patience. That's amazing. Wanted, and then in those six-hour concerts, they would go and say, hey, in the crowd, if there were kids in the crowd that were into music, they'd let them come up on stage and play. You know? And it's like, you know, where is that kind of feeling now? It's like, like I would love to do something in New York in 2022. And if there are people that are musicians in the crowd, and they, they you know, have them come up on stage and do it. Yeah. No, you're bloody right. Because that's, that's how you get people to find the new people. You know, yeah. that's how you get, get the energy to know what's, what's really going on, you know. I, c I couldn't agree more. Just make sure they're not drunk, you know. Oh, yeah, you don't want to have... <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember doing that once. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that kind of like... Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It's like, sometimes it's like, okay, it's entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> we might get a keep move slumping over the drums, you know. <laughs> Just don't do it two songs in. Don't do it. There. That's not a good idea. But uh, no. you might get like the replacements where they go, like they're so drunk they can't play, and then they just yeah. fall out. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of punk. You can say, "Hey, man, that's punk." That's yeah. you know, you you can usually create a meme out of it. That was the reason behind it, but it didn't it didn't come off well. well we ended up getting make, kicked out. Yeah, make a meme. You can sell it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone would love the first 15 seconds of it, you know. Yeah. Put it on replay. It's like, hey, this yeah. is me. That's it. I'm oh, into God. it. So true. So you guys, like, are, are you, besides, like, I'm trying to give you, the, give you this, like, um, this opportunity to play, are you guys getting um, opportunities in, in Ireland? In the, like, are, they, are there venues starting to say that you can play? Uh, there's a couple of opportunities opening up in terms of uh, playing local gigs, uh, cool. just to a small crowd of uh, say 50 people, like Sex Pistols back in the day. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Which I'm I'm down for. Uh, well, it's kind of it's, intimate, you know. You know yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I go I used to go to these New York clubs with like 300 people. Wow. And that's it. And and <clears throat> and you say, <clears throat> why am I going to go five hours drive? You know, four and a half hours to get to New York from like where I am. To just be playing in front of 300 people well because it's new york exactly yeah and i'd like, love to play yeah if you play in new york and there's even if it's 200 people in this little bar <laughs> what, what's cool about new york is like there might be a guy from rolling stone in there yeah you right? might be a Rolling's spin good. guy from there there might be a blogger in there that's why you I, go to new york <laughs> yeah, it's like new brian york, jonestown massacre you know when they yeah, used to play you don't in. know who's in there they, yeah. new york compared to like like where i am in like new hampshire like, well, maybe the New Hampshire Gazette, some guy's there. I don't know. <laughs> but but if we go play in New York, it's like they, 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 some guy from Spins comes in, you know? Uh -huh. And I'm like, 
that's what you want. That's why that's why you go. That's what you want. Take that yeah. risk. And yeah, you go there, you, like I went to New York one time and there was a guy from a radio station. I didn't know he was there. And I went and did my ghost thing. Huh. And I come on stage, I got this LED thing and yes. I, I, I got my I got my phantom mask. And, <laughs> yes, and, come on. And I, I come out there and I I got a guy with a smoke machine. He hit the smoke over me. I got my LED mask and I'm kind of ripping it on my Moog, trying to make it like feedback. And the guy said, well, you know, what? He's like, I want you to come back and do this again. And I said, Well, cool. And it's like, I didn't know he was going to be there. But that's like, like I said, you, you got to sometimes you got to sacrifice and not even know if anybody's going to be there. Just on the off chance, like, what's well, New York or somebody's got to be there? Yeah. Right? You know, it's weird how sometimes it just falls into place. You know what I mean? Something just out of nowhere could happen and it ends up sealing you a great deal or a great opportunity. It's phenomenal yeah, you know, how the world works. You got to get seen. You know, the cool thing about this podcast, like people see you on this podcast, then other podcasters might call you up. And yeah, say, that's hey, true. I want to have you come on, you know, because like last week I did two podcasts where people were interviewing me because oh like I always interview other people. So then that's they amazing. say, oh, oh, I want to interview the ghost. I said, okay, cool. I'll do that. And so, you know, you and I would even suggest as a band, if you guys want to do something different, because this is what I did. You know, I'm a musician, and I said, hey, why don't I go interview other musicians, right? So you yeah, guys go create gonna... your own podcast, and you talk to people that you think need a shot, right? And then you'll be surprised how much stuff comes to you. That's true. Law of attraction kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Help others. Yeah, if you go help some other band, right? If you take an hour out of your day and you talk their stuff, then suddenly you pay it forward, right? And then somebody wants to talk about your stuff. And then, and then more people want to talk to you because they saw that you talked to them. And then boom, after, you know, I, you know, I did this started in 2018. I've talked to maybe 65 bands. I've got about 32,000 people who have listened to me so far. Oh, I've got like influence marketing deals. Um, I got a distribution deal with, for my music. I got a bunch of stuff that happened that, if, you know, because I decided to take two hours out of my day to do it. That's inspirational. And that's, I tell people, like, he's like, you go help some other band. Like, even if you go play on somebody else's record, right? And they, you don't know if they're going to pay you, but you say, like, okay, I work it out. That yeah. If you guys make money, I get paid, right? Exactly. But you get your stuff out there. You, you get your sound out there. You know, you do as much of that as you can. Because, uh, the more you get your, your stuff out in some way, somehow, you know, you're bound to get people to pay attention to you. Exactly. No, you're bloody right, bro. You're bloody right. And if, even for us, you know, it, I'll say it's not about the money. We've, we've earned hardly no money. I'll be honest with you. That's it's not typical. easy. That's, but that's normal. <laughs> yeah, it's normal. It's so normal. Even though when you've got the dream, you'll be thinking, this is our shot. It's not the way. Like, but as long as you've, you're still battling and fighting and you want to, do what you need to do and make music is it's the greatest accomplishment you can ever as achieve. As long as you love playing, people will pick up that you love doing what you're doing, right? Yeah. And and that energy eventually attracts things. That's true. Yeah. Because you know, I saw energy. you guys and I just say, Hey, you want to be on the show? You know, <laughs> so you never know. You know, and then you know, you never know who can see you. You never know you don't know who's gonna see this and you don't know what what you know who's going to see your video now that now we're going to be on this it's going to get replayed on all my channels and people are going to see it that maybe didn't see it before 
and that's that's the whole point you know because i always tell people like i was 17 and i played in all these bands everybody stopped everybody got married i got married but i didn't stop and i didn't start getting any kind of traction until i was like 48 wow 48 years old i started getting some traction like if i just get totally gave up when i was 18 like all my all my buddies then i wouldn't be talking to you right now (laughs) i you know it's so true and that's a lot of people i know that either they've gotten with somebody or and it just you know that they'll give up on the dream and it's it's actually really sad like but I've experienced it myself and maybe I could have been a little bit more nicer to maybe push them in the direction to keep on going. But uh, we all make our own choices. And sadly, you know, it is it's hard. Tough yeah, I mean, it's hard when you're not able to prove to people that your art doesn't make money. Cause we kind of live in a world where things got to make money to be legitimate. Yeah, but, true. but to me, it's like, it's like it's legitimate in your heart, yeah. you know, that you want to do simple. it. Right. So you yeah. just you, you do it because you love it, and then you'll find people who are have the same passion, and then you get gravitated to that group of people that understand that you do this because you love it, and eventually it pays benefits because you never know when you know. If you think about the Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground, as we kind of drag out, like Lou Reed, you know, <clears throat> was in a failed band, the Velvet Underground. The band broke up and got considered one of the best bands in the world, but yeah. he never stopped. True. He kept no, he on, he, he never stopped. And then he finally got his due. When he was like in his 40s, he started to get people saying that what he did was significant and actually inspired like everybody in the alternative indie world. Everybody was name checking him. Billy Corgan, That's true. Like, like Nirvana, all the big alternative rock guys always would talk about Lou being their inspiration. He never no. made one penny on that. He didn't make hardly any money on that stuff at all. You know, I, I got turned on to Lou Reed when I was uh, 15 and yeah. heroin and all. And yeah. I remember watching a movie called Last Days and it was based on Kurt Cobain. It had yeah. a, I forget what, who the actor was, but I remember they played heroin in it or it could have been. Yeah, I think it was heroin. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And ever since then, listening to his music and phenomenal artist, phenomenal. Yeah, it just shows that like you could, I mean, the Velvets were doing something that's totally anti-commercial. It's completely. Yeah, in the time they were doing, they were talking about you know, like people who were sadomasochists, drug addicts, people who were like doing all kinds of strange things, like totally whacked out stuff. That like, how the heck is that going to make any money? But it actually inspired like a whole genre of music that said it doesn't have to always be happy. It doesn't have to be you know that pop song. It can be a little more substantial than that pop song. It can actually you know say something. And um, you know, that we have genres that, that live off of that. Um, yep. So yeah, you just you do what you feel is right, and then in, in your own time, you might not hit it as big as you wanted. But you know, if you create art, people find it. People, you know, and end up appreciating it. So you just keep on doing what you're doing because it'll, it'll get to where it needs to be. Like even for me to be in this interview, it's like this is a a bucket list completed. You know what I mean? My my, my face is just I'm in, I'm in heaven right now. You know, I so you've been happy. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so even like to be considered, and you say we're musicians, that's something that a lot of people never said that we would be. So it's motivational, and I'm appreciative of you and everybody that listened to our music, and even to have a hundred fans or a hundred people listening to us is 
it's an Everybody honor. Everybody starts off with that, that you go to that bar, a pizza joint. You know, I know it, I went to some place in 79. Well, actually, it was playing at a pool party. Like our first gig at some birthday party. And, it, you know, people are, like, throwing pizza at us and stuff. It's like, it's like we could have said, like, forget it, right? And then, like, by the next gig, we actually got pretty good. And people say, hey, we don't have to boom out of here. You That's know, so good. it's like, you, know, you, you, you just, like, we could have said, like, after the, they threw the pizza, like, we're Let's never doing that again. Right, but we said it. Like, we want to do it, and we kept on going. It's like so you got to have the kind of guts to. Yeah, you know, musician, you know you're gonna get hit, right? Oh yeah. Any, like anytime you're a musician, even when you get good, when you decide that you want to do something different, you're, you're then your fans say, "Well, that sucks." Oh, true. That, yeah. That's shit. You know, I don't want that at all. And 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 it's like you got to be willing to kind of take that stand, like when you feel like it's right. Oh, you got to be really tough mentally, yeah. and you know people are going to criticize you, and people are going to tell you your shit. But you just got to be like, ah, oh, that's all right. Yeah. That's Keep on rolling. Thing. The stuff that's the shit is the shit. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> it's true, my man. And even going back to when you said that your first gig uh, was when you were getting thrown, a pizza was getting thrown at you. Our first gig back in the day was the night Michael Jackson died. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, that was yeah. a crazy night, yeah. and. Uh, Literally, and that was right before we were playing. We were we all set up two seconds before we were about to play, and the big screen on the back came up with Michael Jackson just died. So it was oh, just like I must oh. a downer for everybody. How do you get people to be into it? Just want to say he was a legend and loved his music. Yeah, it's like Prince was like the biggest guy to me because I was always like when it had a Prince versus MJ, I was always like oh. Prince actually can play. So yeah. I oh. was always like. I know Michael is a great Motown guy. He's a great Motown artist. Legend. Great overall entertainer. But I was, I'm a musician, so I was kind of like, I, like when I like stuff, it's like Coltrane, Davis, Hendrix, Clapton, Jimmy Page. It's always going to be the guy that's going to get the instrument. Yeah. You know, Mick Jones. You know, anytime. That, so, so I was like, Prince can jump on the bass and play like Coleman. He can jump he on, can the bass, on the guitar and play like Santana. He can jump on the keyboard and play like, like, um, like, like Stevie Wonder. It's like so. Like, what are you gonna say about a guy that can do that? That that's freaking. That's you can't. You can't get. You can't go anywhere with that. <laughs> One of my favorite Prince solos was "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." I think it was. Yeah, he showed people how crazy he is. Like I, I saw him at Paisley Park, like in 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 um in the nineties. Oh my days. Where he had like that park used to his house studio. Ah. He used to do if you were there, I happened to be working there. And he would do these like concerts. And he came out with a power trio. Right? He came out like like cream. He came out with a drummer and a bass player and him just on guitar, right? And he just had a bandana on like a Hendrix. And he just ripped through all this freaking blues stuff that's like Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page. And like in Hendrixian, and some of it was original stuff, and it was like, he, so that kind of my guitar gently weeping. He can he could do that like any night he wanted. He chose to do certain types of music, but like when he Amazing. really liked to play, the couple of times I saw him, he could have just been a blues act, a power blues act, because he could do it. Oh, he's a genius, genius. I I always said like, well, I wish he would have done that more because like. I thought that he he could have been like a Hendrix. Oh, he completely. Could have just done albums like that. Um, 
but you know, people do what they want. He wanted to do more than that. He wanted to do other stuff. Completely. Even the movie he did when he did the movie it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he just, his acting I thought was great. Yeah, he's like that. he could have done the acting. He could have been a better actor than he chose to do. He, if he had gone with a really good director, I think he could have been like Bowie. You know, Bowie can act really good. Yeah, um, amazing and, uh, actor. And I just think Finch kind of lost that opportunity of of of, of kind of using control freak. So like, if he had that. given up some control and let a director direct him, he could have given us something really cool. But you know, guys are who they are. <laughs> it's true. A lot of people are in are set in their own ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's you know, it's it's one of the one of the things. But absolute legend. Love Prince. Wow. It's a shame he's not no longer here, but. Well, wow. one of my greatest have influences. So much music from him, it's almost like he's not gone. <laughs> he's got like, has he got like a couple more albums? Oh, in the more vault? than that. No, no, in the vault, he has enough albums to go for the next 20 years. Because I got the Sign of the Times reissue, right? Oh, the Sign of the Times reissue has eight hours of music on it. Oh my God. It has. I got to get that. It's got like 40, 40 outtakes of stuff you've never heard. Wow. And it's all like top quality. It's not crap. It's actually stuff that could have been on other albums. Um, and that's the thing is like, I'm a Prince head. He's got full albums, hundreds. This is no, no joke. He's got hundreds of records that never were released that are like as good as Purple Rain or Sign of the Times just never got released. He's like, like a Beethoven or a Bach, he just never stopped recording. He, he never stopped. It's it's inspirational, you know. You'd you'd call him one of the biggest role models you could ever get in music. Prince. Yeah, because I mean, the guy had a, had a. Yeah, I know how he died, died. Like a lot of guys die from drugs, but he had a, a work ethic. It was like oh, you know, Hendrix, Hendrix had the same work ethic. If you check Hendrix's catalog from '66 to '70. He's got hundreds of songs, hundreds of songs. You know, for everybody thinking he was partying, Hendrix played that guitar more than he partied. He actually has so much, so much tape down. They still release stuff that we never heard today. Um, so, like these guys had their problems, but these like these artists like are very prolific. And I think like when you're that creative, you just you just create because you can't stop. I mean, some guys just can't stop. I pretty much record like every two, three days. I got, I've got like three thousand songs in my catalog. That's amazing. Because you I got just, it like two pack. You know what I mean? Two pack never stopped. Yeah, you just, you just, you don't know what people are gonna like. So to me, as an artist, if you have an ability to record, and you can do it without costing you a lot of money, you should put down as much stuff as you can. That's true. That's Whether true. you can put it out or not. You put down as much stuff as you can because you'll get better. That's the first thing. You'll get better yeah. as a musician if you More keep you do. on doing that. Yeah. And then you have so much content that if you do kick it, you'll make it easier on yourself. That's true, because yeah. You have it's all win -win. stuff that you can put out. It's so true, Mama. It's a proper win-win. <laughs> focus on touring because you've got a big catalog you already wrote. <laughs> exactly. When you think about it, it's, it's, it makes so much sense. Why, why not keep on putting out yeah. music or recording every day as you said you're getting better routinely you know from keep on doing at it and you've got material for the next couple of albums couple of years 
Yeah. And even if you know, and if you're suddenly your stuff kicks off, you retire, right? And somebody, somebody suddenly starts to be liking your stuff, then you can actually have all this passive income from all say, Oh, if you like this, you'll like that. Yeah. And then you've got all this stuff that never came out and you can package it. And so it's like, it's like money in the bank. You know, it's completely, completely. It just never ends. You know what I mean? Your hard work, it's, you know, you do get rewarded for it and, uh, you know, yeah. No better way than making music and it's a win-win. People feel you know, good. It's, it's art. Art is you know in everything. Music is in advertising. It's in film. It's in TV. It's in video games. Which you know you know streamers are 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 using people's music. That's if you true. set yourself up right, you can get your music licensed and get it set up yeah. to, to to be used by by streamers, and you get passive income. And you're like, I'm not even touring, and you can get money. Um, sure, you see rightly with like Goodfellas, uh, all the great songs on that movie, even yeah. video games like Grand Theft Auto, all the yeah. fantastic songs on the radios and them games. You yeah, know, games is the new frontier. Like, like if you work it out with the right distributors, you can get yourself into games. So a lot of what's going on is it's more dis- distribution than labels today. Yeah, I would tell any artist you need to look into like. Doing your your beat, get into a pro organization like BMI, and and register your song. Then what can happen is then, like I, this is a story for people to understand before we go. Oh. I've been writing for a long time, right? And I'm on SoundCloud. SoundCloud got me a deal where I got to be on repost after I got so many people were listening to me. And now they they distribute my work, Please. and so I get on like all the platforms through them, right? And then they also have a publishing thing where they work with like BMI and they just came to me and said, Hey, if you, um, you can actually get passive income from people, Twitch streamers being authorized to use your work. You just have to like take your BMI registrations and send me, send the songs you want them to be able to stream and you'll get passive income. So all I'm saying is like, if people make sure that they like own your master, Make sure you do you you register your songs with a pro organization like a BMI. Yeah. Um, you know, make sure that you you don't get caught up in deals where people own your your copyright. That's true. That's true. And, and just look into it online and wherever you can, and make sure that you register your work. You know, go in to figure out how to be a member of, of some pro organization. Mm-hmm. You know, like ASCAP or BMI. Register all your music. You know, and you you'll never know when you actually start helping you support yourself with your music it's so true and even you know even just to add even when paul mccartney ended up remember the the beatles back catalog got sold to michael jackson michael body yeah and he was just like why (laughs) i wish you knew you got it registered you got to own it like you better make sure that you own what you know all it takes is like you go to that pro organization and say who wrote it you know who's got it well you got 200 percent because you wrote it you own it you didn't give it to anybody else that's true. That's true. And then, then once they have you have that, then you it's written down and nobody can rip you off. So yeah. People start playing your song, they got to pay you. They start That's using true. it, they got to pay you. And then yeah. you know you don't even have to track them, track them down. They track them. Yeah. You know no, that's true. And that's one of the things, especially when you're trying to you know get into into music and try to make money from it. Those are the things you don't know about. So definitely the research on that it helps you along the way. Completely, you know. Every artist could take a little time from practicing and 
you know, trying to get what you're doing and, and look into, you know, making sure that you own your master, that you yeah. don't get into like 70, 20, 30 contracts or that you own 30 and 70 is like somebody else owns. You know, just just, just well, understand you got to be careful. Uh, no, I, completely. If, if it doesn't seem like it feels right, then it's not right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you do get a feeling for it, you know, if it's not right, don't just yeah, don't do somebody's it. Somebody's taking eighty percent of something you wrote that don't feel right. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> this I, is obvious. I don't need a lawyer to tell me that. I can figure that one. That's true, my man. So that's, true. Just like, that's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. It's right. That's not cool. <laughs> okay, but man. No. Like, I'm gonna. We have to cut it short a little bit, but we are going to. Give you the link um, for this um, everywhere it's being played. You get the YouTube, you get the, you'll get the um, our Facebook and the Twitch, and we're also get you the Spotify once it gets published, and um, the Apple and the Anchor FM, which we're a member of Anchor FM. Thank uh, you, they're, sir. They're the ones who distribute us on like eleven platforms. So like we'll get you the top three, and then everywhere else that you think there's a podcast, like Stitcher, Overcast, Radio Public. All those places this episode will be. Can I just say uh, thank you so much? You know, you've you've hit a bucket list. This is the first interview I've ever done, and it's been the the most relaxed and easiest one I've ever done. It's it's amazing. I've had the best day ever. You've made me day. You've made me year. Thank cool. you, sir. Yeah. And everybody, um, thank you so much. <laughs> okay. With well, hey man, we're gonna we're gonna take it off, but don't leave for a second, and uh, we're gonna be off here. Stay safe.